You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LEFC. This is week seven of the study In His Image. Today's teaching is entitled God Most Faithful. But it's time to get started. So, are you not so impressed with how confident I seemed before sitting down in this chair? Isn't it amazing how I could trust that it would hold me up? Surely it must be because I am so mature that I have the faith to put my body on this object. We laugh because we know how silly that is, right? Um, I've been coming to WBF in this room for several semesters now, and I've sat on one of those chairs a thousand times, and it, is, it has held me up and supported me just fine every single time. It looks solid, it appears to be well-made, and it has proven to be reliable and trustworthy. Many years ago, when I was a young wife and young mom, I would look at older women in the church whom I admired for their walk with the Lord and especially for their level of faith. I loved the Lord and I had some faith that he would care for me and provide for my needs, but yet I also really struggled with fears of all the what if scenarios. What if something would happen to my husband? What if something would happen to one of my kids? What if something would happen to me, to our home, to our finances? You know that spiral that we can fall down. And I so desired to have a stronger faith, a deeper, more consistent faith, and I tried. I thought it was something that I had to muster up and produce on my own. These other women were able to, surely I should be also. And then the Lord, in his graciousness, (laughs) poked my heart and stirred my soul and spoke to my spirit and said to me, Julie, These women have great faith because they know that I am faithful. You see, friends, faith isn't something we are responsible to produce and maintain for ourselves. Faith is a natural result of getting to know the one who is always faithful. I sat in that chair with confidence because I have learned without a doubt that these chairs will support me. If you desire to grow your faith, then the place to start is in growing your intimate knowledge of he who is and always will be faithful. And before we explore that, let me pray. Oh, faithful Father God, thank you that we can put our trust in you. You have proven yourself to be faithful throughout the pages of scripture, throughout the time of history and you have proven yourself to be faithful in each of our lives. Reveal that to us now, Lord God. Show your faithfulness once again by removing the distracting thoughts, by opening our hearts, by opening our minds to receive the words that you have for us. Prove your faithfulness to me, Lord God, to be humble and to listen to your spirit. Hide me, reveal yourself. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithful love to each of us. And we pray this in your precious name, amen. The New Oxford American Dictionary defines faithful as loyal, constant, steadfast. Another definition I found is firm in devotion to something. 
Merriam-Webster states that it is steadfast in affection or allegiance, loyal, firm in adherence to promises. It comes from a place of trust and loyalty. And I love that phrase that I read right before that, that it is firm in adherence to promises. The Hebrew word often used for faithfulness in the Old Testament is emunah. It means firmness, stability, steady, trust, and truth. And the Hebrew word for faithful is aman. Similar, it means to be firm, to trust, to be permanent, true, certain assurance, sure, and steadfast. In the chapter we read this week, Jen referenced Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Let me read the first part of that again, substituting the various Hebrew meanings for the word faithful. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the firm, permanent, true, sure, steadfast God, the God of certain assurance. Notice it doesn't mean shaky confidence. A.W. Tozer defines faithfulness as that in God which guarantees that he will never be or act inconsistent with himself, which means that he can never be unfaithful. Never. Not in your life, not in mine. Not in trials, not in difficult seasons, not even when we lack faith. Not even when we fail to be faithful to him. He will always be faithful, and he will always be faithful to all of his other attributes. Merciful, loving, gracious, forgiving. Let's look at what his word tells us about his faithfulness. Deuteronomy 32.4 states, The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity. Just and upright is he. Isaiah 25, 1, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. God is faithful to all of his plans from ages ago, and our response should be to praise him. David tells us in Psalm 36.5, your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. His faithfulness is infinite. It knows no limits. And in Psalm 89.8, we read, O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty as you are? O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you, And in the following verses, it then states, he rules the raging sea and stills the waves and the heavens are his and all the earth. His faithfulness surrounds him and is evident in the physical world around us. Yes, he is faithful to his people and he is faithful to all of his creation. Think about it. Every year, year after year, at this time in the Northeast, the leaves change colors, the leaves fall, The trees are bare, spring comes around, the trees bud, the flowers bloom. All evidence of God's faithfulness. Arthur Pink highlights that faithfulness is one of the glorious perfections of his being. 
and he is clothed with it. And the first two verses of Psalm 89 state, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. One commentary explained that the very heavenly bodies reveal the faithfulness of God as they are so regular, so fixed, so enduring, an emblem of security. The stars in their certain course, the constellations the same from age to age, the sun in its regular rising, all reveal the security of the promises of God. There's a sunrise and a sunset every day, ladies, and yet some days we can't see it. The clouds, the fog, the rain, but does that mean it is not happening? We do not doubt the rising of the sun just because some storms block our view. And yet, do we doubt the faithfulness of God when the storms of life may be blocking our view of it? Or at least is how we want to see it displayed. On my wedding day 36 years ago, it was like downpour buckets of rain. And thankfully by the ceremony later in the afternoon it had stopped. But that morning it was just pouring. And this sweet older woman in my church, who actually I hadn't even invited to the wedding, she, she understood that every bride dreams of a beautiful sunny day. And she called me that morning and said, Julie, the sun is shining. You just can't see it right now. I wanna read a couple of other verses from Psalm 89, which by the way in my Bible has this subheading, claiming God's promises in affliction. He is faithful even during the worst storm. In verses 30 through 31, the psalmist is talking about if God's sons forsake his law and violate his statutes. And then verse 32 through 34 read, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes, but I will not remove from him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips, even in his discipline of his children, and even when we forsake his law, God will not, cannot be false to his faithfulness. In fact, 2 Timothy 2.13 tells us, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And Paul in Romans 3.3 writes, what if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? And Paul answers it with an emphatic, by no means. God's faithfulness is not dependent on man's faith or belief or faithful behavior. How grateful we should be for that. He cannot break his covenant or change what he spoke in promise. The psalmist in chapter 119 praises God by writing, there's a fly, <laughs> by writing that his faithfulness endures to all generations, all. That includes us today. We need to keep that in mind when we are tempted during trials to think that he isn't keeping his promises to us. As I said last week with God's graciousness, the issue is often with our perspective. It is never an issue with his faithfulness. 
Tozer points out that God will never cease to be what he is and who he is. He is always true to himself, to his works, and to his creation. Psalm 105.8 assures us that he remembers his covenant forever. He will always be faithful to his promises. He will never break one. He has never said one thing, but meant another. I think sometimes we believe that in a general sense, like a universal promise for all his people. But do we take his promises to heart specifically for us, for today, for tomorrow? We need to remind ourselves of these promises. He will never leave or forsake us. Nothing can separate us from his love. He goes before us. He knows the plans he has for us. And on and on and on. Too many promises for me to read in this short time. And he is faithful to every one of those promises and he is faithful to every one of us. Tozer wrote, Unbelief always says somewhere else, but not here. Some other time, but not now. Some other people, but not me. He believes that we don't really take God at his word in our personal life. We acknowledge the, old, the, the miracles in the Old Testament. We acknowledge the miracles that Jesus performed. But for some reason, we don't think that God can perform a miracle in our heart in our relationships, in our tough situations. Tozer challenges us to read the Bible with the mindset that God meant exactly what he said and will be faithful to it. God wrote this, God is faithful, God cannot lie. David pleads with God in Psalm 143.1, hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my pleas for mercy, in your faithfulness, answer me. In your righteousness. God is faithful to hear and to answer our prayers. But keep in mind, since he is also faithful to his character, he can only be all-knowing, all-wise, all-loving, all-merciful. He is faithful to answer as he sees best, for our good, for his glory, in his perfect timing. Ah, yes, his timing. Don't we wish it were in our timing? And yet his ways are perfect, and his delay does not lessen his faithfulness. Sarah was well beyond normal childbearing years, and yet God was able to keep his promise to Abraham that his descendants would be many. The Israelites lived as slaves in Egypt for decades upon decades upon decades, and yet God kept his promise to deliver them. They then wandered for 40 difficult years in the wilderness, and yet God remained faithful to bring them into the promised land. And then, after the Old Testament prophets, there was complete silence for 400 years, and yet God kept his promise to bring a Messiah. Dear friend, if you are in a season of wandering in the wilderness, or if you are experiencing silence from heaven, know, choose to believe the truth that God is faithful. He cannot be anything but. An answer different from the one that we hoped for 
or a delayed answer does not minimize his faithfulness in any way. In fact, what it does, it affirms that he is faithful always to who he is, not to who we want him to be. He is faithful to his perfect plan, not to ours. And he is faithful to conform us to the image of his precious son, even if that requires trials and wilderness. What is true of God is true of Jesus. Isaiah prophesies about the Messiah saying in chapter 11, verse five, righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. And John, writing in Revelation 1.5, describes Jesus Christ as the faithful witness. So what does it look like for us to be faithful? Galatians 5.22 lists faithfulness as one of the fruits of the Spirit that we are to display. So we know that it is not just an option for us as Christ followers. It is a command. Psalm 119.30 gives us a critical component, and we saw this in the book. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies. Do you hear those active verbs? Chose, set, cling. Remaining faithful to God cannot be dependent on our feelings. We must choose it as an act of obedience. And what will enable us to do that? It is to constantly be setting his rules before us. I love the wording the psalmist used to cling to his testimonies. The meaning of that word cling in Hebrew is to hold fast, to fasten your grip, to pursue hard. Are we holding fast to his promises? Are we fastening our grip on his steadfast character? Are we pursuing hard to know him more? If not, then it will be highly unlikely that we can continue to choose the way of faithfulness. Paul, in his second letter to Timothy, gives some insight into what it looks like to be faithful. In chapter one, verses 12 through 13, he writes, but I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Being faithful means that we are confident in the Lord that he's able to do what he has promised. And as I just said with clinging to his testimonies, we follow the pattern of the sound words we have heard, which means we must know those words. We must engage with his word to know those promises. Arthur Pink wrote, the faithfulness of the divine character is the basis of our confidence in him. But it is one thing to accept the faithfulness of God as a divine truth, it is quite another to act upon it. He challenges, are we actually expecting him to do for us all that he has said? Are we resting with implicit assurance on his words? I encourage you to do a real honest gut level heart check. Ask yourself, what God has said, do I believe? 
In Matthew's gospel, he quotes Jesus as saying in the parable of the talents, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. The Holy Spirit has gifted each of Christ's followers. Are you being faithful to use that gift to bless others and to bring glory to God? Using our talents which God has bestowed on us is one of the key ways that we can be faithful to him. If you're not sure what those gifts are, there's several different surveys out there that you can fill out some questions and it will kind of guide you into what your giftedness might be. But another real practical, easy way is to ask those closest to you. They will be able to point out the special gifts you have. Maybe it's the gift of encouragement or helping or hospitality or mercy. Proverbs also gives us a very practical way to be faithful in chapter 14, verse five. A faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness breathes out lies. If we are to be faithful, we must speak the truth. Jesus' words in Revelation 2 also advise us how to be faithful. And these are a little bit more difficult to hear. We can get on board with speaking the truth, but this is what Jesus tells us in verse 10 of Revelation 2. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Even when trials hit us, we are to remain faithful, which means before that trial comes along, our faith must be firm, which means going back to the beginning of my talk, we must know intimately the faithful one. I can honestly say today, and this is only by God's grace, that I have an unshakable faith. And it is not because I am faith-filled, it is because he is faithful. He has been so faithful to me more times than I can count. And Peter also addresses this idea in his first letter. Chapter four, verse 19 states, therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Not only are we to remain faithful during trials, but we are to even do good. And this is possible because we are trusting our soul to a faithful creator. Years ago, Ron and I were facing some difficult trials. We had left South Jersey and moved to Syracuse, New York for him to work on his doctorate degree. And after several years of intensive study, he had completed his coursework, passed his written exams, he had received scholarships and fellowships, he had done very well. But it became clear that Syracuse University was not going to pass him on the final requirement, his oral exams, because of his Christian beliefs. They did not like that I stayed home with our young children instead of putting them in daycare. They could not stand the fact that Ron was adamantly pro-life and they certainly did not approve of his job as a youth pastor at a Bible preaching church. At the same time, 
it was becoming increasingly clear that it was necessary for us to leave that church. The youth ministry was going great, it was thriving, but Ron's relationship with the senior pastor was growing ever more tense and difficult. It was a very tox, tox, toxic situation. And in fact, about a year after we left the church, the pastor was forced to resign and even stripped of his credentials. I had shared all of this with some girlfriends, these various trials, the uncertainty of our future. We had no job, no house. Ron had no degree. We had a young family. And soon after, I received a letter, because this was back before the days of cell phones, so the only way to communicate was that. I received a letter from my one friend who was not a Christian, admiring and complimenting Ron and I on our faith and attitude during this time. And I immediately wrote back to her and said, oh please, do not be impressed by our faith. Be impressed by our faithful God. He and he alone is why we remain faithful, why we can. So how do we remain faithful, dear friends? Remember God's faithfulness to you in the past. Carry those memorial stones around with you in your heart. Tell the stories often so that you're constantly reminded of what he has done for you. And then we need to know the promises of God. We need to know his character. We need to know his word. And we need to remain in community with other believers so that when your faith falters, they can spur you on and remind you of who God is and always will be. And who is God? The classic hymn says it way better than I can. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I'm going to close in prayer, and then I've asked that a song be played. It's one you're probably familiar with as we've sung it in church. Do it again. As with the last time we ended with a song, feel free to sing along, although this time, I'm sorry, the words won't be on the screen, but you might know them. Or just allow the words to minister to your heart. Lord, you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. And that, dear friends, is why we can remain faithful and faith-filled. Let me pray. Oh, Lord God, where would we be without your faithfulness? It is so frightening to think of that. You always have been, you are today, and you always will be faithful to each one of us. All of your promises are yes and amen to each one of us. Forgive us times, forgive us Lord for the times when we forget that. Oh Lord God, may we remain faithful to you, not in our own strength. We cannot produce faith on our own. We can only have faith because you are faithful. We love you, Lord. 
Thank you for your faithfulness in loving and forgiving and carrying us day by day. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.